everybody. Welcome to That's So Original podcast. And we are talking to you today about episode three of season three of The Center. We will start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. So I've heard. So <laughs> Jamie is lighting a gas burner. And if you've ever done that, what you have to do is you turn on the gas to the burner and then you have to push this button, which clicks and makes a spark to light the burner. So he's got his finger on that button and it's tick, tick, ticking. And as it's ticking, he is flashing back to strangling the old man in the hospice room and also to someone who's digging a hole digging clicking and eventually we see that the person in the flashback digging is jamie he's interrupted by leela as she walks in and she's very worried about jamie obviously i think we all are that he's getting very stressed out about the baby thinks that he should talk to somebody and Jamie just is not replying logically. He just says, do you believe in God? So random. So random. <laughs> it was just like out of the blue. He could have been like, you know what? You're right. I am kind of stressed. It's like, no, you know what? We're bringing a baby into this world. We don't even understand this world. Why are we doing this to our child? Is this a spiritual band-aid? And Leela's looking at him like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I could drop this baby on the floor right now. She's literally crowning at this moment. So he's whining and having a sensitive white male moment. And she just busted out. She's like, do you know how privileged you sound right now about how hard your life is? And, and she just cuts that down and says, look here, life's not fair. Deal with it. And he says, oh, well, I don't get to have a moment because I'm white. No. Jamie, you don't. And let's keep in mind that Leela is in a kitchen full of cutlery, <laughs> and you should probably shut up right now. So Leela leaves the room, probably basically for Jamie's safety at that point, I think. She's also rethinking all of her life choices at this moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's good looking, but is he crazy? Maybe. The best ones always are. All right. Next, we cut to we're at Sonia's house and where Harry has slept on the porch because he sent the other cop away. And she finds him. She comes actually comes out to the porch to give whoever's out there a cup of coffee. And she's pleasantly surprised to find Harry being still chivalrous on her porch. So she decides mm -hmm. to invite him in and is showing her paint, showing him her paintings, who are all naked men. Harry says, "That guy, you know, he looks familiar." And Sonia comes back like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so from the gold station. So she has naked paintings of the gas station man, which is so weird. But very weird. they're discussing the Nick and Jamie coming out to Sonia's house and what all that means and what were they coming to do. And Harry says something very telling. Just because Nick and Jamie were in the same car, it doesn't mean their motives were aligned. And as we can kind of draw from that flashback scene, their motives weren't aligned. As Nick was saying, let me do all the talking. He's speeding down the road and Jamie's freaking out and pulls the parking brake and everybody tumble tumbles and then dead Nick. Anywho. 
<laughs> but spoiler alert. Right? Well, we're three episodes in. If they are not aware that Nick has died, then somebody isn't paying attention. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that there's been no funeral for Nick? Nobody cared that he died. Does he have no family? I I don't. I guess maybe does he have any family that they would have told? He seems like a kind of a loner, you know. But he I wasn't mean, I think spawned he's from a... an egg. He has to like. Well, I mean, I can understand. <laughs> like, people, I got some crazy family. Or too, was... come on, I don't know. He is... I don't know. Like, you would have to notify next of kin, and you would think that Jamie might have some ideas. I don't know. You would have thought he would have gone. I'm sure his body's still sitting over there on that lab. He kind of let him die. You should go to the funeral. You had some responsibility there. Anyways, a little bit. Harry and Sonia are talking about security and her fears of, you know, being in this house out in the middle of nowhere. But she says that she has deadlines. She can't leave her house. And I don't know how there are deadlines for naked paintings of the old man from the gas station. I mean, who who is setting these deadlines? I don't, she's selling things to a gallery as her friends down the road. I, it's unclear. But she does mention that she doesn't have a gun, but she does have an old, old shotgun in the shed, which could possibly be some foreshadowing. That shotgun may come back later. I'm assuming it's probably pretty rusty, but just sitting out in a shed. Anyway. Yeah, and I don't know what that's going to do for you if somebody comes into your house. You'd be like, hold on <laughs> one second. Let me run out to the shed. Pretty much. Please stop stabbing me. I got to go grab my gun from the chat. But it comes up a conversation that Harry has Googled Sonia. I know. He had to get all the dirt on her. Was there more to that? He Googled her. Oh, because he heard Tinder profile. Yeah, he probably was. It was probably (laughs) OurTime.com for the older folk. But but he Googled her and and he discovered how much her paintings sell for is what comes out of that conversation is that he realizes she makes a a good chunk of coin from these naked pictures and i don't know maybe he's thinking about stripping down so she can paint him and they both can make some money i don't know ew 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 so now we see jamie pulling into the parking lot of the commuter train station and he's trying to find a spot pulls up nose to nose with this guy who pulls into these spots right in front of him and parks right on top of the line like a serious douche. And Jamie says, hey, buddy, what's the deal? And guy looks at the spot and says, you can fit. Walks off to the train. Yeah, Jamie was way more calm than I would be there. Right? We all know Jamie's a ticking time bomb. That would have been a perfect place to blow up so speaking of ticking time bombs jamie eventually i guess finds a parking spot because he ends up on the commuter train and again everyone is on their phone that little thing they keep throwing in there about everybody on their phone during this show and he sits directly across from the guy who cut him off from the parking spot and just stares at him jamie master at the staring contest and for as beautiful as he is very intimidating so this guy's just looking at jamie and it's like you got a problem bro jamie wins the staring contest he spooks the guy out and he gets up and finds another spot i guess but i i thought maybe this might be when jamie starts stabbing people on the commuter train but 
Luckily for everyone there, his cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is contained for now. Yeah, that would have been, I would have totally stabbed the guy. Don't park across the spot. That's a douche move. Yeah, totally. Okay, now we're opening up in the police station where we discover Harry laying on the floor in a conference room working out some sciatic pain. He's got one of the nice little foam rollers. He's rolling on his side. Annoying detective decides to come in and finds Harry on the floor. A juxtaposition of old detective, younger detective, but whatever. But annoying detective says, hey, my, I know about sciatic pain. My dad had that once. And they're like the same age. They're maybe five years apart. Don't talk to me about, oh, my dad's so old like you, Harry. <laughs> oh, Harry, you're such an yeah. old man. But they go into that the DNA test is coming back in a couple days. We're, I mean, Worcester, New York, how are they getting DNA tests back so fast? I mean, we can't get rape kits. I don't know. How is this the thing? But we can't find out that Jamie left college midterm in the midst of a disciplinary hearing. So he was a great college student. All of a sudden, he's getting a disciplinary hearing and he drops out of college. The disciplinary hearing we discover is because he attacked his roommate. Dun dun dun. Harry is going to try to talk to the roommate. So now Jamie is in the classroom. Class is dismissed. And Emma, recommendation letter Emma is her full name. Uh, <laughs> she's now apologizing for the whole situation with her parents and the letter and the meeting and all of that. And he just says, look, you got to meet me off campus at 3.30 at wherever place. I don't recall what it was. And she's like, um, I don't know about that, Mr. B. Um, Jamie's very insistent. Meet me at this place, 3.30. She has model UN, Mr. B. His model the UN, and he tells her to skip it. Look, skip it, Emma. This is your life we're talking about, okay? Who cares about Norway's food shortage, Emma? You gotta come to this coffee shop and talk to me. The next scene <laughs> is Harry has met up with Jamie's college roommate. College roommate, whose name I did not catch, um, is very, un very wary about talking to Harry. Because uh, his first thing is, does Jamie know we're speaking? There's some fear there. Jamie's done something that's creeped him out. Roommate goes back into the history is that the two were matched up as roommates sophomore year. They got along well. They weren't super friendly, but they made good roommates. So they decided to re-up for junior year. And that's the year that Jamie started to change. What changed him? He met a guy named Nick. And Nick was different and weird. And I mean, nobody's even coming to this guy's funeral. So we know Nick's not, not a ball of fun. So the catalyst is one morning, roommate wakes up at 6 a.m. and he finds Jamie sitting on the floor, covered in dirt, his hands are bloody, and he's staring at a wall and he's not speaking. He's not paying attention to him. He's not, he's like catatonic kind of. Harry says, well, what do you mean? What, what, what's wrong? What was wrong with him? And was he seemed out of it, you know, in a trance kind of thing? And roommate says, no, he actually seemed too alive. And roommate says he was being so weird, looking so weird that I actually took pictures of him because I want to petition for a roommate change. And I thought, well, if I take pictures, I can show whoever takes care of that. But look at this dipshit in my room that's dirty and covered in blood and staring at the wall. While he's taking these pictures, Jamie attacks him. Harry's like, how? Why would he attack you? And he said, well, I actually had put my hand on his shoulder at one point 
and Jamie flipped out. Um, he started screaming, pushing, and then ended up hitting him in the, in the head with a lava lamp. How rude to that lava lamp. <laughs> Did nothing wrong to Jamie and his whole lava lamp life. And you know, it was either plugged in and hot as hell and he burned the shit out of his hand. Or it hadn't been plugged in in like a year. So it was just a solid glob of something. It's just, it was probably a mess. I mean, dirty boys in a dirty dorm room. I don't, I don't even want to know about the lava lamp. It probably was disgusting. Well, that guy had to get like 57,000 stitches, right? Or 57. It was a lot of stitches. It was a lot of stitches, was a lot of stitches for a lava lamp. I mean, and mm-hmm. still scared of the lava. Probably this, to this day, he's like, lava lamp. Oh, triggered. He walks into a Spencer's. He's like, I gotta get out of here. You go. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of Spencer's. But roommate says to Harry, hey, I might still have the pictures that I took that day. Who has pictures from that long ago? I mean, he's got iPhone storage for days or something. And, well, maybe college was old enough ago. Maybe he had some easy share camera or he had the little. Yeah. Oh, he had an easy share. You nailed it. It's an easy share camera for sure. Or the take the pictures and toss them cameras that. That you use oh, at weddings. Yeah. Maybe he had those. You know, roommate says to Harry, "Hey, you need somebody to volunteer to testify against his character." Yeah, call me up because uh, I'm still holding that grudge from however many years ago, twenty years ago. Yeah, because that's gonna make a good character witness. Hey, eighteen years ago, this guy was freaking bonkers, or however many years ago, had to be at least eighteen, twenty. Well, see, I mean. I've held grudges that long. So I'm with you, roommate. Solidarity. Solidarity mm-hmm. in our yeah. in a horrible grudge holding. Don't get me started on the third grade, <laughs> Tiffany, because we could be here all night, okay? I got a lot of grudges. I got a lot of beef with a lot of people. Yeah, we, we can't get into that. So now we're at the diner with Jamie and Emma. This is like manic Jamie. Jamie is like, you're making a mistake. And I know that you and whatever other student are taking Adderall. I'm not stupid. Lisa. It's Lisa. Lisa. Ugh, Lisa. 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 Whatever, Lisa. You're not going to Brown. So now he's like, I don't think you should go to an Ivy League school. I think it's a it's a huge mistake. Don't you? You got to stop doing what everybody else wants you to do. And you got to do what do you want to do, Emma? And poor Emma is completely blindsided by this conversation you know a week ago mr b is like oh you know you can go to any ivy league school you want and you're so super smart you can write your own recommendation letter and now he's like question everything emma what are you doing with your life and poor emma this may take the cake for the most awkward conversation thus far of the season all of a sudden, I'm not sure, just kind of like a, a switch flips and he says, you know what, I shouldn't be saying all this to you. I'm really sorry that I've put all this on your plate. I'm just going to go. And so he gets up and leaves. And poor Emma just looks like her puppy died. Well, he threw like a five out of the table and she had a plate of fries and a Coke in front of her and he had a coffee. So I'm thinking he didn't pay for her. So she's probably like, what the fuck, man? Some teachers, I tell you. Right. Well, our next scene is Jamie walking in the rain. Jamie is walking in the rain. And all my notes say is, yes, please. 
why did they not film that in slow-mo? They missed a prime opportunity. Wet, slow-mo Matt Bomer. He didn't even need his shirt on. I mean, I know he was walking through New York, but he could have been extra crazy and just took his shirt off. Totally fit in. Just take the shirt off. But as he's walking, he keeps flashing to the sound of the shovel digging. And then all of a sudden, I think it's this point where he sees Nick is the one digging in the hole. And then he gets to the corner in his nice tough jeans and he's looking out into the traffic that's going by. He sees a bus coming and thinks, I'm just going to stick my nice cuffed jean ankle out there. And I'm going to walk right in front of that bus. But thankfully what happens? His phone rings. And guess who's it's calling? It's your pregnant wife. Answer the phone. It's Leela. I was really hoping it was Harry or like, you know, you're... We, your warranty is almost up on that car you owned seven years ago. Hi, I'm Mike Bloomberg. Did you know that I'm running for president? Exactly. I would have jumped in front of the bus. Just saying. Yeah. So we're back at Sonia's house. And Sonia has her glass of wine and her paints. What a life. And she hears a sound outside. It's tapping. And... It's kind of sporadic, and obviously Sonia's a little bit on edge lately, so she freaks out a little bit and ends up knocking over the wine glass, and, oh, Sonia, party foul. What a waste. So she goes to investigate the sound, and it's a tree, right? It's always a tree tapping on the window. I was hoping it was a ra- I was hoping it was a raven. It was going to say nevermore or something, but... Uh, that that would have made it better. But the, the best part is that... Sonia was painting a nipple when they hurt. She's painting a dude's nipple. That was the best part of the scene. <laughs> Somebody's just outside tapping on the glass. It's like, nope, doesn't look right. Doesn't look <laughs> realistic. Mm-mm. No, it's not good. Not, some, not, not good. enough hair on that uh, nipple. So now that she can calm down a little bit, for some reason, she decides to start Googling Jamie. She finds a picture of him and Leela in their essential oil or Leela's essential oil shop this just kind of zooms in on his face in the in the picture and I couldn't really tell if I thought that it meant anything to her or what did you what did you think I don't know I don't I don't know if there was a spark of recognition there or just a curiosity it was really unclear I don't even I, I just thought it was funny that it, the that it was an article about her shop opening and he was he was so predominantly featured in the photo photo about her shop. Yeah, he's like way up front in the picture and Leela's in the back. <laughs> so weird. I know. He's like, this woman opened this wonderful essential oil shop, but look at her husband. He's amazing. <laughs> you come for the essential oil, stay for Jamie. <laughs> I mean, I don't do oils and I would come. So I would go there and check him out. Just saying. Our uh, next scene is... We're back at Jamie and Leela's house. And guess what? Leela is in labor. She's in active labor. And of course, of course, Leela has a midwife and she is laboring at home Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. she's just that kind of crunchy mom. Jamie is surprised to find her not only in labor, but to find out she's in labor for a while. And the first person she called wasn't him. It was her brother because Jamie is unreliable. And I mean, there's also that he was in the city and her brother obviously lives close by, but you, you can tell that there's the awkwardness, but Jamie tells Leela, I was wrong. I'm, I'm ready to have this baby. 
probably because he doesn't have a choice at this point. He knows it's coming out like in seconds. So, hey, I'm in it. I'm in it for this moment anyways. I'm, I'm all in. But poor Leela, her contractions hit and she's got the birthing ball that she's leaning on. But she's also leaning on her brother. Her husband is there now. He's inches away from her, but she doesn't reach for him. She reaches for her brother. And there's obvious that huge divide between them now because things have just gotten so weird between the two of them. Yeah, and I wonder if that was something new because obviously she's close with her brother, but I wonder if this whole, like, her kind of choosing him over Jamie is new since Jamie's behavior has been so erratic or if it's just kind of that been the dynamic all along and he's always been a little bit jealous of the brother. I would guess it's because he's becoming a little loopy-loo lately and she can't really trust him. But this is not like a trust exercise. Like, she's having his baby, so it's still it's kind of weird. Yeah, the... They seemed obviously very close. And the only other time we've seen him, which was at the awkward dinner at, at with him and his husband at their house. But I don't know what he does for a living that he's just ready. He can drop everything and come to her house and be there while she's in labor. I I mean, it made more sense that he was in the, the essential oil business with her, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, in the next scene, Harry's on the phone talking to his daughter. He's, Still trying to get that book to his grandson, but apparently his grandson is overbooked because he just doesn't have any time in his schedule for Harry to come down there. And we still are unclear about why his daughter is seemingly avoiding this meeting. I hope at some point we'll flesh out this relationship drama a little bit more. But at any rate, Harry finally gets the email from the dermatologist slash roommate from college that he's been waiting for that are the pictures of Jamie and he is indeed sitting in the middle of the floor and he's holding something at this point I could not tell what it was but it's something circular that he's holding in his right hand so the camera is on the picture in the email and it kind of zooms over to the beds, the bed area, and there's a word written on the wall there, Ubermitch, which we'll find out later more about now Harry's got a a little bit more to start looking into. Yeah, for sure. The Ubermitch all scratched into the wood of the headboard. I mean, I immediately wanted to Google what it was, but I was like, nope, wait, that'll explain it. Just hold on. Hold on to your horses. Next, we go back to Jamie and Leela's, where Leela is in active labor, and they are, she's in a birthing tub in her living room, which, I don't know, I don't get birthing tubs because it just seems so messy. Yes. Where do you put that water? Who's, ugh. Yay to all the moms that birthed in the tub. That's probably a wonderful place to actually give birth, but I just don't know what you do with that water. I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it is lovely. I just don't know what you do with it. <laughs> just... And there's and I know a lot of moms that have done it and have wonder, loved it. But anywho, yes, we know one mom in our quote unquote mom group. I think we do, I'm who've done. I'm trying it. to think of who I know, but I know, know we've got a couple. While Leela is in labor and she's you know contracting and she's pushing, Jamie is flashing to digging in the dark and the sound of the shovel digging, and it's Nick digging, and you see Nick digging and then you see hands, which we assume are Jamie's hands. And they're bloody. 
and they're holding some plastic tubing. I immediately knew, okay, that was what was in the picture. That was the circular thing he was holding in the picture was a roll of tubing. So then, happy day, happy day, Leela gives birth, and they have a baby boy, and it's a beautiful baby, beautiful baby, and you just see the joy on Jamie's face, like, okay, this is my son, and you get that before all this crap happened, Jamie, like the happy, oh my gosh, things are good, Jamie. But as usual, as every TV show, they show this beautiful baby and it's not making a peep, but there's crying noises happening in the audio. So thanks TV people. We're all blind and can't see that the baby isn't really <laughs> crying, but it's a great moment. Not a cone head in sight. I'm not buying it, you guys. And I can't believe they're not going to delay cord clamping. Did you not look at the blogs at all when you were arranging this birthing tub? They're going to cut that cord right away. Yeah, she's going to encapsulate her placenta, so it'll be all good. Yeah, it's going in a blender tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So now we are back at Sonia's house, and Harry and Sonia are walking around the property talking about security cameras, about how Sonia should have an emergency call button. Harry's telling her, oh, this would be a good spot for a camera. You should put one here. And then they transition into talking about trees. They connect on that horticulture level right there they are trying to walk to this one part of the property he's like let's go over here and look at maybe putting cameras over here and he walks over and she extends her hand and says help me playing the damsel in distress and harry is typical harry he's totally dense he's like what and she says well one of us had to make the first move and i just love her for that i thought that was such a cute scene yeah well harry offered to let her to give her his fungicide recipe for her trees that were sick because that's some weird come on i don't understand i don't know i don't know it worked whatever she he's talking about i think it worked okay we leave sonia's and we are back at jamie's house where he is in the nursery staring at his new baby it's a beautiful father-son bonding moment but it's not because it's Jamie and it's creepy. Uh, he's staring at the baby. He has his hand on his chest, feeling the baby's breath go up and down. But there's kind of the look of maybe he's considering strangling the baby. A little bit. He's, it's, it's real wor- weird. And then in the background, we hear the shoveling noises. Nick is in the corner of the nursery watching Jamie hold the baby. So Jamie's holding the baby. And just staring at Nick. And there's a whole lot of tension and creepiness. Because Nick is not really there. This is so weird. Because Nick is dead. In case that hasn't been mentioned, Nick is dead. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, stop. Go back. Spoilers (laughs) galore. So, and he leaves the baby's room and goes out into the living room. And Nick's there. Again, follows him out there. That's right, yes. Hallucination Nick, obviously. Okay, so... Harry's back at the police station and he gets a package. It's from Michigan and I assumed that was the stuff from his dad who they, he did say he didn't want it, right? But they sent it anyway. He said they, he said he didn't want it and they said, and they said they offered to send it. So they did. Oh, but I, I was thinking where at Michigan in Michigan, cause I could have picked it up. I, you know, I could have brought it to him. That would have been so nice of you. I know I'm willing to help. So uh, detective Soto 
annoying detective comes around and says, hey, guess what? The DNA came in and Jamie is a match to the DNA at the graveside, which, I mean, we knew this was going to happen, but now Harry knows Jamie's a match. And these DNA on TV things, whew, those move fast. Wow. So, so fast. Right, right. They, yeah, they fast track that DNA. Yeah. This is probably the only case they got going on in Dorchester. What else are they working on over there at the forensics lab? I don't know. It seems like annoying detective works around the clock and has no life. So it's hard to say. He really does. <laughs> he, he really does. We'll talk about that next episode. I think he just hangs out at the police station and eats popcorn and waits for the next. Uh, he eats Chinese trip. food. A lot of Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. So we are back at Jamie and Leela's house. It's dusk. Jamie comes in with, with the groceries and Leela's brother is in the kitchen holding a baby. And then there's this fight between Jamie saying, give me the baby. Brother-in-law saying, no, I know what it's like. I finally got him to settle down. I can hold him. Let me, let me give you a break. If I move him now, the baby's going to cry. Jamie's home. Give me my son. Give me my son. And starts freaking out, grabs the baby away from him. And what happens? The baby starts bawling because that's what's going to (laughs) happen. He tried to warn him. Right. I mean, he has lots of experience with his adoptive child. So he, I mean, he knows. I don't know if this this is a scene cut I have just later. Yeah, he was like, I guess he's going for a walk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know like how much later it is, but this is when Harry's outside, right? Watching him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after this, I don't know if it's after the scene, maybe it's a little later, we see Jamie go outside and he's just kind of freaking out. He's doing the hitting himself in the head thing and he's just pacing on the front lawn where conveniently Harry is parked watching him because harry has no life him and soto like need to become friends and they can have no life together because this is what they're doing and i don't know how much longer this is but i have in my notes wow that was a long walk because now it's dark so right right he either walked for a really long time or he went out to walk like right as the sun was going down so Harry walks up to him and just confronts him with everything. Stop lying. We, we know everything. We know what you did. We know about the DNA. I talked to your college roommate. I know you're a Looney Tune. Uh, he knows Jamie didn't call 911 until Nick died. And then he wiped off the phone. He's like, all of this stuff, this is, this is manslaughter. We got you. And Jamie says, what kind of evidence do you have? How are you going to prove it? And I, I actually like, I was like, didn't Harry just tell you what evidence he had and how he's going to prove it but anyway jamie says he can't prove it and harry's a little the little finger like i'm watching you so harry gives him the warning you screw up i'm or i'm getting that evidence and we're gonna we're gonna prove once and for all what happened and jamie wants to know why do you care so much and he says well you broke the law but jamie says no that's not it there's something more and there is something more and i haven't quite figured out what it is yet but Jamie at this point he's kind of like what what do I do he's not going to confess anything but he's asking for advice what do I do and Harry says you need to accept the help that is offered which kind of says to me you know you need to confess you need to tell us what happened and so that's a that's a big note from Jamie so he gets up and walks away yeah because Harry says to him Nick still has a hold on you and I'm at this point not entirely sure that Nick is the is the problem here I still don't know I feel like Jamie's got way more issues than what Nick brought to the table but Mm -hmm. no yeah 
move ahead. I don't know if it's the next day. It's sometime following. It's daytime. And Jamie's at the train station with his cuffed jeans and his messenger bag. I have that in my notes. I said Jamie and his cuffed <laughs> pants are waiting at the train station. And, you know, his hipster, his hipster look. I thought it was interesting is that he's at the train station and then behind him there was a billboard kind of deal, a sign, and it says the Dark Oath. I was like, that that was obviously placed there for a reason. I mean, that it's always, there's always placement of that. So the scene decorators or whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But at the train station, we realized that we're looking at Jamie from so far away because Sonia is taking pictures of him with her camera like a creep. <laughs> so she's standing behind a, 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 I don't know if it's the ticket office or somewhere, and she's taking pictures of him from far away with her fancy schmancy camera. The stalky becomes the stalker. <laughs> right. right. So I don't, she's either trying to figure out more about him. Maybe she's trying to figure out where she knows him from. Maybe she just thinks he's pretty like we do. It's unclear. That's possible. Hey, you know, didn't she say that she did most of her paintings first started off as photography models? So Yes, yes. All, and I, think, I think all of her paintings, I think she takes pictures first and then she paints from the pictures is what I, under, I get. Oh, yeah, but I could be wrong, but that's, that was what I was going off of. I don't think she has people that like pose all the while. I mean, she doesn't have the gas station guy standing there all the time while she's painting them, I don't think. What? <laughs> Okay, so Harry is now in an office, looks to be a professor's office at a college, and turns out it is Jamie's old philosophy professor. And I guess Nick too, because he says actually that he remembers Nick, and Nick was brilliant. Nick was a great student, and he actually doesn't remember Jamie at all. (laughs) And how do you not remember Jamie? Uh, he was obviously very straight. I didn't remember yeah. Jamie at all. <laughs> so um, he's asking him about the word, the, the word that was above the bed in that picture that the roommate sent Harry, the Ubermensch. And Harry says he kind of looked into it and it means super, superman. Uh, well, the professor says kind of, it's, it's from Nietzsche and I believe, don't, nobody quote me on this but I believe it is from um, thus spoke Zarathustra and it actually means the highest form of man so it's not like a superman but it's man like on another level a man that's creating his own reality his own values conquering fear living at a higher level than most men become your god that's what all that is what the professor says the pitfalls of that is that you're basically becoming Hitler and Harry, this is all very new to Harry, I think, and another classic Nietzsche quote gets thrown out there uh, by the professor. If you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. I thought it was interesting as the the professor says many troubled men are drawn to Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I think he pronounced it Nietzsche. Okay. So obviously we saw Sonia taking pictures of um, Jamie at the train station because Jamie was on his way to work. So the next scene is that Jamie is in the dean's office of the school he works at. And she's telling him that the dean is telling him that Emma's parents are pissed. She's questioning whether she should go to college or not. He's saying he encouraged her to think independently. The professor's saying he's deliberately sabotaging her. So from going forward... Emma's being pulled from his class and all communication is cut off. They were not to have any interaction 
he's done, which should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Dean, I'm, I'm assuming she's the Dean, I think, but uh, she was his colleague at one point. Now she's his boss. And, and he, he tells her, you need to fuck off. I'm fuck you because I'm apparently going to meet with this teen no matter what and ruin her life. And the Dean says, well, that may have worked when we were colleagues. It's not going to work when I'm your boss. And Jamie storms out because Jamie's in a mood. He's going to go pout. <laughs> so back at Jamie's house, he's holding the baby. Leela is talking on the phone. She's talking about uh, her essential oil orders. Jamie is having the flashbacks to the digging scenes and I'm getting really nervous with him holding that baby and having these mm-hmm. flashbacks oh. so I was like oh Jamie please sit down with the baby you're making me nervous he turns around and there's Nick and Nick wants Jamie to give him the baby let me hold the baby I don't know how you give a hallucination a baby but Jamie gives Nick the baby and the really cringe worthiest scene of this episode Nick starts to like hurt the baby and Jamie's sobbing and crying and oh it was just my whole body was tense I was like oh I don't like it I don't like it and boom back to reality and he's on the floor with the baby which is where I told him you need to be you need to sit down with that baby Jamie (laughs) Leela walks in and he is just so upset he says please take the baby please take the baby and she grabs the baby like what the heck is wrong with Jamie, poor Jamie, it's, I think that would be like a very, very disturbing hallucination to have. Bless his heart. Jamie's just going further over the edge. Well, it's because Nick says, the hallucination Nick says, give me the baby. He needs to learn. What exactly he needs to learn? I'm not sure. But then I don't he like it. crushing the baby and the baby's squealing. Yeah. But if I was Leela, I would run so damn fast because Jamie is a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd invest in like one of those gap headphone things for the phone at the very least. You can hold the baby and talk on the phone because Jamie doesn't need to be holding the baby. Right. No. Okay. This next scene I'm so glad I got because (laughs) we are back at the police station. Harry's boss is there and he's sees the box of Harry's dad's stuff and he seems to either have known Harry's dad or knows of Harry's dad but he didn't realize that he had passed away and he's because he said I think he asked does your dad send you some stuff and he said no it's my dad's stuff he he passed on well I of course had to pause this Michigan address on this box and (laughs) investigate because it says it's coming from Park Mills Michigan which does not exist (gasps) that that is not a place and the zip code though is for Saugatuck which is a huge artist and gay community so it's over it's over on the over by lake michigan and it's a completely opposite of where i what i think they were trying to do which would be park mills which would be which i was thinking it was probably they were thinking more detroit area but that's complete opposite side of the state anyways but harry gets a nice awkward hug from his boss then jamie shows up upset and wants to talk to harry so boss and annoying detective are just watching Jamie and Harry have a conversation, you know, in a, in a interrogation room because they all, I guess they all just hang out the precinct late, precinct late at night. I mean, none of these people have, have a life. All hours of the day. I mean, even detectives have a shift. They may do things at different times, but they have a shift. They don't just hang out there all the time. Maybe they take their job seriously, Tiffany. 
I don't take mine very seriously, apparently. So, but the first thing I thought is, why is Jamie going to Harry for help? I mean, he's a cop. Of all people, he tells his boss he's taking him for a psych consult. That they're taking him, he's taking him to the hospital. He's gonna go get this guy some help because that's what needs to happen. He needs to be locked away for a while. So Harry is taking Jamie to St. Amelia's Hospital, and they're in the car together and. Jamie says, it's like Nick infected me. Yeah. uh, When he says that it feels like Nick infected him, I have my notes. You invited the poison in, you dummy. He didn't infect you. You, hey, come on in and ruin my life. That would be a great thing. After 18 years that I got you out of my life, let me call you and bring you right back in. And Harry is giving Jamie some serious side eye during this car ride. He's like, just hold it together until we can get you some help. So they go into the hospital and Harry tells Jamie, wait right here. Let me go talk to him. And he's like, look here, this guy is going to freaking lose it. I need to get him some help. But if you bring any security out here, he's going to flip. You got it? And the guy's like, yeah, I got it. Two seconds later, there's two security guards posted in the hall. Yeah, not obvious at all. And of course, Jamie's like, what are they doing there? What's going on? Luckily, the doctor calls his name at that moment, so he doesn't have a lot of time to sit there and think about what's happening. Harry's telling me, you're doing the right thing. Just, you know, just talk to him. Jamie definitely definitely doesn't look sure, but he does get up and, and go with the doctor. Yeah, and when then Jamie's waiting in the, in the waiting room while Harry's talking to the, the reception to get security, he's focused on a guy with a nosebleed, and he notices the guy drops some, some tissue on the floor that's got blood on it. And then when he gets called back into the doctor, the doctor is clicking his pen, and Jamie's really focusing on that, and then it cuts to shoveling noises again. Mm. But I did put my notes that Jamie is younger than me, because I believe they said his birth date, and I was like, oh. He's a lot younger than I am. Oh, yeah. Wasn't like 1982. It was in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, It made me feel super old. Thanks a lot, (laughs) USA. Let's see. They're in the room with the doctor. Jamie wants Harry to stay. So, oh, I have it right here. 1981. I'm older than Jamie. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the doctor's asking him standard questions and but all Jamie's hearing is the digging, the digging. And the doctor says, just tell me how you feel. Try telling me how you feel. And he says, I have this feeling all the time like I'm trapped. Like there's this big thing looming over me and I'm the only one that can see it. And this whole time there's the digging sound, the digging sound. Jamie's obsessed with death. He's kind of sort of talking about the hallucinations, but not admitting to hallucinations. He's had suicidal thoughts, but he would never do it. Talking about avoiding pain. Pain is the gateway. You know, he's just like, it's rambling. And I was a little bit worried for the doctor's safety at this point. And he's also not wanting to answer the question about whether he's thought of hurting others. And he's talking about holding the baby and about how easy it would be to drop the baby and let it get hurt and it's almost like that fear that you might drop the baby would be alleviated if you just drop the baby which is a really weird way of thinking I mean I kind of kind of got what he meant by that but also don't drop your baby Jamie please and then he just gets up and walks out it's, I, there's so many things about this that I that I 
was questioning because one, okay, we're in the in the in the hospital, probably in the ER to go in for the psych console. Yeah. Is this the same ER? Do they remember him? And then the doctor's asking about the hallucinations, and Harry butts in and says he's not schizophrenic. <laughs> Shut up, Harry. Shut up. You're not a psychiatrist, so zip it. <laughs> Oh, and then he has, you know, the doctor asks, are you having suicidal thoughts? Um, yes. I try to stop in front of a, step in front of a bus. Yes. I keep standing on top of the ledges of buildings. I keep trying to burn myself with fire. Yeah. He, you're having a lot of thoughts, Jamie. Maybe mention some of those. Jamie is very, is very much two people. He's nice, anxious Jamie. And then he's complete nutball Jamie. There's, he is completely split in two. Cause even when he's talking about the avoiding pain and pain in the gateway is the gateway he says that's what my friend used to say yeah like yeah and the whole hurting the baby but then yeah he walks right out and i was like um security yeah security somebody um did you all go to break at the same time what's happened (laughs) right they were right there (laughs) well then he takes off running but Harry can't run after him because Harry's got that bad back, you guys. Um, we've gone over this a few times now. So what's Harry's first go-to is that he gets to his car and he calls because he wants a cop on Sonia because he's worried that something will happen to her and he wants a warrant for Jamie's phone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. And I just have to say that the way that Jamie runs off is... I, I I laughed because it was almost like cartoonish because he's running, 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 and then he does that thing where he looks back to like see if Harry's going, <laughs> and then he turns back around. He's running like that, the look what I could do guy, or like when <laughs> Mike Myers was on Saturday Night Live and he played that totally out of control kid that dragged the playground equipment yes. down the road. And he's just running and, and turning around, and just, like I was expecting him to just start flapping his hands and just be like, "Yeah, I'm getting out of here, you guys!" It was, oh, that was funny. But yeah, that's that's it for episode three of the center. And man, that was jam packed. Yeah, there was a lot in that one. A lot to unpack with that one. Yeah, my notes were pretty extensive. Okay, that'll do it for episode three. And we will be back soon with episode four of season three of the center. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.